this thing? I, oh, hey! <laughs> I was just, I was, this is Clint, by the way, with the Chiron Viral. We're doing a pilot episode of Doc and the Drummers, and I'm here with uh, Dr. Ed Ladela. I, I always make sure I say your name right. Close enough. Close, how do you say it? Finlander. Yeah. Ladela. I did say Ladela. That is pretty some good. Say Layla, some say Layla. I do, yeah, Laytala. people. Laytala. I should know this stuff. I'm, I'm Finnish. So it's Dr. Ed and the drummers. It's uh, myself. I've been drummer, you know, with Night Screamer and been playing my whole life. Here with fellow drummer Kirk Streeter. And I'm going to ask you right away name the bands you've been in. I mean, Kirk's a little bit older than me, so it's quite a few bands, but just speak on it for people who may not know you. Like the bands up here or just period? I've been in a lot of bands. That's, let's talk, I tell you what, stick with the band. I want to hear about the Germany band real quick, and I want to hear about the, the bands up here. Like, Okay. Uh, well, the bands, I'll start with the bands up here. I started out, when I came back up here, um, we started out as Blackjack, uh, which later turned into Martial Law. There you go. And uh, see, I played with Martial Law for many years. You know, that was the heyday, back in the heyday times. And we kind of... We lost a few members here and there, and then we ended up, me and Randy went and started Buzz Factor with Danzo and McCracken. Oh, that's right! And uh, I knew that, but I forgot. Yeah. yeah. We are Buzz Factor for a while. Uh, I left that band. <clears throat> well, Randy left the band first, and then uh, I left Buzz Factor, and then me and Randy started Alcoholica. I, I saw your first Alcoholica show at Mickey's. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. And uh, played played with that for a while, and then I went back in the army. Right. Uh, didn't do anything for a while, of course, because I wasn't around here. Then I came back, yeah. and uh, uh, let's see, first band I was in when I came back was we called ourselves. It was me and Randy and uh, Cody West. We called ourselves uh, Copper. What the hell was it? Or Calumet Music Company. That's oh yeah, the CMC. Yeah. That's yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I remember. And then uh, let's see, I quit that. And went to play with uh, Tom, Tomcat, yeah. Highway 41. Right. And then... You and I are both alumni of the Tomcat 41. Yep, yeah, for sure. And then uh, me and Scott, I left Tom, and me and Scott started Mohawk Bozo, and that kind of fizzled out, you know, once the COVID hit. Yeah. We had a bunch of gigs lined up, COVID hit, and it just... Doesn't that suck? Yeah. That does suck. Uh, you know, it's funny, do you remember, I remember the, I don't remember the day, but I remember when you and I, do you remember where we first met and how we first met? Sure do. Tell it. I installed cable at your house. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, that was up in um, in Hancock there. Yeah. In Franklin, Franklin Township there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I had a, uh, I think I had a Zildjian cymbal, cymbal out or something or some. You had you had your drum kit was set up in the in like your living room or something. Oh. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you play drums, I play drums too. Yeah, there you go. Yep, That's I funny. That. Yeah, no, it's funny when you meet a drummer. I don't know if it's the same for you, Ed, because Ed, I'm going to ask him some questions here too. For me, when it, when you meet another or you know somebody who's a drummer specifically, you think, well, I, do they really play or is it they just kind of tinker around? You know what I mean? But I trust me, I've seen Kirk, he kicks ass. So, <laughs> and speaking of kicking ass, I want to talk about uh, Dr. Ed. We were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, I saw him playing in a band called Montage back in, you remember where it was? Was I think I told you this before, but Sherry and Chris's wedding at the Range oh, at the Lounge. Range. And I remember, I told you this before, but I'll tell you it again. Uh, I was like, these guys are the perfect volume, too. Like, you guys sounded great. And it wasn't, you know, you go to there, it's like you can, people could still talk. I, I was amazed. I'm still amazed at how you guys had that good of a mix back then. But talk with, about now. With junky equipment, too, by the way. There was a junk. 
<laughs> hey, it was the 80s, man. Everything was uh, we, analog, right? We got right? that equipment from Detroit and some shady deal, some... Yeah. That one of the members got with somebody else. And when we went down there and picked it up, we were like, oh, this is really old stuff. But we made it work. Who now? Who owned the equipment? Was that was it one person owned it? Or did the band own the it? The band kind of owned it. We just, okay. Yeah. And so, and uh, you play guitar, learn to play lead, but I've always known you as a rhythm player and frontman. Is that right? Yep. yep. Okay. Well, I mean, I started out playing guitar and just writing music. That's kind of my passion. And then, I, you know, life got in the way. I got married. Yeah. Got divorced. Got then wanted to get back into the music and. By that time, everybody else was way better at guitar than me. So, <laughs> so they just shoved me in front of the microphone, and I had to learn to become a frontman. Listen, if you look like Robert Plant, you're going to have to play the part. <laughs> That's the way it is. So now I, I uh, refer to you as Dr. Ed, of course. Tell us again what to, you're the smartest guy in the room. We're, we have no problem admitting that. What is, uh, what is the degree? It, is it, it's from tech, right? You went to tech, and is it you're an engineer of some sort? I know you've told me before. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... You know, I guess I was kind of a party animal in school. And, yeah. But I did well and without trying very hard. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to tech. And yeah. Didn't know what to do. Got talked into going into a two-year electrical engineering technology degree by the counselors because, you know, I went there the day before classes and wanted to get into <laughs> chemistry engineering. And they said it was full. And they said, go see a counselor. Yeah. So I finished that degree and then... I really didn't, wasn't interested in any jobs, and I thought, well, I might as well get my bachelor's degree, and then I got a call from what was known as the metallurgy department at oh, yeah. Michigan Tech, which is now the material science and engineering department, and they were looking for somebody that could repair equipment, and then part of the job was to take care of what's called the x-ray diffraction instrumentation. All right, and first of all, I'm, no, I'm already lost. X-ray diffraction, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, I've always been kind of a curious person that never yeah. listened to anybody and never believed anybody. And I always had to figure things out for myself because right. I just, you know, there was too many people in my life that I ran into that told me things that were not true. And so, yeah. So, you know, being a curious, I just started getting into the science. So then I finished my bachelor's degree while I was working and then had an interest in doing research. So I got involved in research and then, you know, probably came the have the record for being the longest continuous grad student at Michigan Tech. <laughs> nice. And, uh, you know, did this huge pile of data because I had time on my side. And so finally finished everything up and just trying to get by. So now what is your actual PhD? Because it's a PhD in, is it electrical engineering? No, it's in metallurgical and materials science and engineering. Oh, God. My, my step-grandpa, Len, was a metallurgist, so I've heard the word. But to me, the word... Urgist. I don't know what the hell that means. Well, I, I, a metallurgist is just a materials person that focuses on metals. Okay. Like heavy metal. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Leads right back into rock and roll. It does. So <laughs> here's the thing. I, You guys, I think, are aware that I do uh, the Cairo Enviro is like my podcast that we talk about everything except politics. But I am every other – I talk about politics a lot. So I kind of want to dedicate this pilot episode to – like I said, Doc and the drummers. So I know Kirk has some very uh, strong opinions. You've got strong opinions, and I'm gonna. I'm, I'm a conservative. I'm a. I'm a Trumper, big time Trumper. Um, so I'm gonna kind of go around and ask you guys what what uh, how you just des- describe your 
your, uh, not religious, your political affiliation, we'll say. We'll start with you, Kirk. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty conservative. Yeah. I still have, you know, I have some, you know, social liberal views as well. You know, I, if you ask a liberal, I'm, I'm probably, you know, way too conservative. But if you ask, (laughs) you know, a staunch conservative, I'm liberal on a lot of my... What would you say, now, are you liberal on, I'm guessing, like... Like social issues, like legalizing weed, or is it? Yeah, I you know I don't have a pro- I don't smoke weed. Yeah, because I'm a truck driver. I you know I've got to piss okay. in a cup every if they call me up and say I got to go, I got to go yeah. right now. So yeah, I don't smoke weed, but I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, like uh, here's a perfect example of where you know gay marriage. Yeah. Okay. I'm not against gay people being a couple and right. doing their thing I'm against using the word marriage or married because it's a biblical thing right you know why do they have to use that word can it can't why can't you just you know you have every right as everyone else but just call it something else you know and and Hillary and Obama were originally they felt the same way which a lot of people I think forget yeah you know on that issue specifically mm-hmm. you know you see the clips of them in 2008 Right where Obama, I think, was saying, or maybe it was earlier than that. Um, so, and nowadays the thing is, and this you is know, it's it, the way I look at it now. It's it is what it is. Yeah, you know, it, I don't have anything against it now, but you know that that's my main. That was my main issue with it. Right. And I, I don't have you know I've got my niece. You know Kelly. Yeah. She's she's married. You know she's married to her. former lead singer for the band actually. Yeah. 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 She's she's married now. Right. And you know she she. I was friends with their, you know, they, my sister and her, you know, Kelly, they've all disowned me on Facebook and all that. And she, <laughs> we actually had a conversation yeah. about this and she said, well, would you show up at my wedding? I said, yeah, I would show up at your wedding right. and I would wish you all the best. It doesn't mean you don't love but, her, of course. Exactly. But she didn't invite me. I oh. was never invited in it, you know. That actually, hurts. Kind of, that hurts. hurts. I, geez, I kind of feel bad for kind of laughing about that, but that actually... I didn't know that. That yeah, that's that's a kind of a hurtful thing because yeah. that's a big moment, and you know Kelly's a sweetie, and yeah, yeah, it's like that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough thing. Um, what about you, Doctor Ed? Are you you said did you say you were more of a classical liberal, or how did did I, I don't want to misquote um, you? I first of all, I'm I'm a person that doesn't judge, so even myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I don't. I actually find that politics is a big problem in the country today. Oh, my God. And, yeah. and it's identity politics. And what happens is everybody thinks that politics is a binary spectrum. It's just left and right. It isn't. There's a whole spectrum of people that have political beliefs that have nothing to do with left and right. Right. For example, you know, like the white supremacists, they're trying to be tagged as being right and if it's, it's really interesting. If you look at the definition of a fascist, which white supremacy is fascism, no way. There's no way around that. It's mm-hmm. fascism. Can we can, uh, define fascism for people? Because we hear that word. You're a fascist. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. How would you? And I don't want to put you on the spot because I, it's a word we. If you say things like, whatever. If you align with Trump in any way, shape, or form, you're a fascist. According to the, as far as labels, well, what do you, what would you? That's start? that's part of the problem in the country today. So we've yeah. got we've got this problem called identity politics. So what right. everybody does is, so as soon as people get into an 
Let me just back up. The reason why we have identity politics is because people have, have, um, they have this, uh, you know, I'm not trying to pigeonhole everybody. I'm just trying to, to say the climate that's going on because yeah. the problem we have in this country is everybody tries to average the citizens, but we're not, we're all unique. We're all have things to the table that other people can't bring to the table. Right. And you know, like the equality stuff, all that is, is it's just a farce because all these people that claim equality will belittle anybody that doesn't believe like them. So there's no difference in racism than saying, well, because I don't believe your views and you're, you're an idiot. You're a, you're an asshole. And yeah, they're just, it's really unbelievable what's happening in our society today. And I think what happens is people believe the political talking points so much that they're emotionally attached to them that if you start to discuss something that goes against their political beliefs, then they become triggered emotionally yeah. and they think that you're attacking them, them personally. Them personally, And yes. then all of a sudden it escalates and it's over. You can't even have a discussion today. That's, don't you think, don't you guys think, and I, I look at things objectively, you can have... Conservatives in general, I think, will talk to anybody about anything. But, and I hate to, I'm going to say the left, the left, but the left, I'm seeing, if you try to, dis- not everybody, but if, if you try to have a discussion, it just turns into a shouty match. Yes. And, and that's what kills me right now. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, you can't discuss, you yeah. can't have intelligent discussions anymore. Right. No. So, so what I want to just, you know, just kind yeah. of finish this off, I've always been a person that follows facts data, sources, right. information. I've never been one to follow what somebody says. I don't care who the person is. Right. It doesn't matter what side of the spectrum Thinking they're on. for yourself. Exactly. That is the number one thing I tell my kid and, and everything else in that I'm gonna ask I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Kurt, with this whole election thing, this is how I feel. If Biden won legitimately and everything's cool, then fine. It sucks for people who didn't vote for him. But the fact that the media, and this is kind of what sparked me to do this too, was I'm afraid of socialism. People are really wooed by that, you know. But I, the fact that mainstream media is calling him president-elect when it's not, I get very factual. He is not the president-elect. Be, you know, they're saying, well, uh, because it's being contested, I know that's a big thing probably in your mind too. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because to me, anyone who says that calls him president-elect and, and is is falsifying stuff, and that's why we don't trust them because we need the facts. And the problem is people, they think that conservatives can't handle the truth, whatever. When they're like, it's like, no, we're dying for the truth. We can handle the stuff ourselves. Don't fact-check us and don't blah, blah, blah. But be just give us the facts and, and quit calling him president-elect. <clears throat> what do you think about that? Well, he's not the president-elect until the Electoral College has gotten together and elected him as president. And that fact right there is, that is a fact. You can't change that. Exactly. And that's what pisses me off so much about it. It's like, come on. And and the only, you know, people will tell you, oh, well, you know, these the drop-dead date, like they had December yeah. 8th and all. The only drop-dead date in the Constitution is January 20th. 20th, yep. When a, a new president needs to be sworn in. Yeah. Now, if, if it's in dispute... It says, you know, the Electoral College can come up and say, you know, all the, all it needs is, is one senator and one House member to, to say that, you know, I'm disputing this because we got all these issues going on. Right. And now if Biden, if Biden was elected, if, if, if they, if it was a clean election and, you know, 
that night it came out, or the next morning it came out, Joe Biden was elected. He's the president. You know, that's... that's And we're okay with it. It exactly. sucks, but we're not going to burn anything down. Exactly. I'm not burning nothing down. <laughs> but you know? when you've got statistical impossibilities happening at <laughs> 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning in four, five, six yeah. different states, yeah. you know, where, where he's, you know, Biden's come up, coming up with 98% of the vote and Trump only gets 2% of the vote. That's kind of suspicious. There needs to be some sort of an investigation there. And it, if it comes out that they're legitimate votes, yeah. then that's fine. And wouldn't you want, especially, Ed, this is why this is why I, I tapped you for this too. As a researcher, you know, I got a psych degree, whatever. And one of the, one of the reasons I loved it is because when they talk about experiments, it has to be, you know, typically double blind. Um, they want to have, objectivity is freaking critical, right? So... When you saw the, I don't know who you watch for for news or, um, what did you think about like when it gets into the statistical stuff? Does that happen to your brain as far as like were you going that doesn't seem possible? Or what are your thoughts on the whole three o'clock in the morning ballotfuls blocking the windows? What did you think about all that? Um, well, I think it goes far back before then and far deeper, and you know right now to talk about the election is just uh, an emotional hogwash because no matter what you say, (laughs) one side, it doesn't matter what happened, doesn't matter if there was fraud at all, they don't care Yeah, because their person was elected. And this goes back to the identity politics. So people don't care. As long as it supports their party, they'll ignore it. So, and it happens on both sides. It does. Hypocrites on both sides. And that's why I that's why I'm trying to say I, I don't I don't identify with any political stance at all. Yeah. Because if you do that, you now are beholden to their beliefs. And quite frankly, you know, there's a lot of bullshit on both sides and people really need to do some research to understand that. Now, the only thing I'll say about the election, because it's so contentious, yeah, is this. In two thousand when we had the hanging Chad problem. Right. President Bush, when he was elected, put together a nonpartisan commission that was including President Jimmy Carter, who, no matter how what you think of Jimmy Carter, he is probably one of the highest character politicians in our lifetime in terms of being a good human, not okay. bullshitting people, not lying. Yeah. And if people don't think these politicians lie to their face, it's, it's, it's insanity. For example, uh, Joe Biden was saying, He'll control the virus. Well, how come experts can't control the virus? Right. And how in the hell is a politician supposed to control the virus? <laughs> so, yeah. but people don't care because they think, you know, these people are gods. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's very strange. I can't understand it because people don't question anything. So in this commission, um, what they found was that the, the most important, and, and this, this commission was put together because what they wanted to look at was what would make our elections have integrity and people would have confidence in it. By the way, what commission are we talking about? It was Jimmy uh, Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter. Uh, was like uh, Election Integrity Commission or yeah, something. Yeah, okay. Like 2005-ish. Have somewhere. you heard of that? Yeah, there was somebody else, a big name. Uh, another James big, Baker. They, that's what it was. They, they were the Baker two that Carter. were... Yeah. They they were the, James Baker. The, the, he's a... He's a con, he's, 
Jim, Jimmy Carter's a liberal and Baker's a conservative. Oh. So they had two people I like on it. both sides of the spectrum. The Reagan, commission, Reagan administration? I was thinking yeah, Jimmy something. Swagger. I was thinking of the religious dude. Was that his name, Swagger? Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah. don't, I, don't, guy. I don't remember the details, but just make a long story short. Yeah. Almost all the things that they talked about are the exact things that they, they talked about were that you want to avoid are the exact things that are being done in our election today. Uh, yeah. For example, you know, Jimmy Carter, who's a very liberal person, talked about we need voter ID. Mm. And he talked about the fact that, you know, you need to make sure your voter rolls, are, there's integrity. And one of the problems they have is people move and they, they'll go to multiple districts and vote. Yeah. And they'll get a provisional ballot and they'll put it through and they, they were finding all kinds of stuff like this, okay? So they were they were talking about how we needed ID and then they said you can't have mail in balloting. You can only have absentee, absentee and balloting. people don't understand the difference. There is a huge difference. An absentee ballot is a voter requesting a ballot specifically for them. So they get a ballot sent to them. And a mail in ballot is the the State just sends out ballots, mass ballots. To I got whatever's like two at on home. Did role. you get some in your? I well, got, you just well, moved I got recently. Ballot requests. Yeah. So yeah. So, you know the the whole problem we have in our in our society today is created by the same politicians that are complaining that that this stuff is this stuff disenfranchises people that are minorities and people that have difficulty getting. Um, these IDs. So the, in the Carter Commission, they actually talked about how the states have to work harder to make sure people get these. Yeah. So my, my initial thought was, well, look at all these organizations that are against doing that. Why don't they help people right. do this and, and you know give integrity for the rest of us so we know, I want to know if I put my vote in there that I'm positive my vote is counting. That's that's what it comes down to is, like I said, if, if you're going to vote, you're... It's a it's a big right. It's a big responsibility, exactly. and people have died for that right. I agree with that, yep. you know. And uh, if, it's, if you feel like it's being taken from you, I mean, that's there was a movie called Hacking Democracy that came out in like two thousand four, I think. That's getting a little bit of attention now. Um, I don't know if I had to do with Dominion, but even Elizabeth Warren apparently. Did you hear anything about Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, Elizabeth what, Warren and uh, Amy Klobuchar both they came out. Uh, uh, they were warning about this was during the um, the primaries. Yeah, they were both of them were quoted as saying, you know, watch out for this Dominion because they have, uh, you know, there was some questions about the integrity of the of the program itself, and you know, it was easily hacked. There's videos. I was I was going to pull up a video you mentioned um, about um, people being being able to get to the, you know the voter id and all yeah, that yeah yeah uh you you've heard of uh i think his name is ami horowitz i've heard i think i've heard the name but he's he does you know he does these videos where he goes around man on the street type okay videos. yeah yeah and uh he he goes to like berkeley he's yeah. in berkeley and he's talking to <laughs> people on the street he's asking you know do you think that we should have uh voter id oh yeah well why should we have do you think it's racist oh yeah well why do you think it's racist well because you know black, the black folks don't, don't know where they yeah they don't know where it is i was just telling somebody about that video so i have seen that guy yeah and then he goes to like goes to harlem or someplace he's like uh, um do you know where the where the secretary where the dmv is yeah it's right over on 22nd street he yeah starts giving them directions and he goes do you have a state id he's like yeah of course right here yeah, you have to. got id yeah <laughs> and that's what i think is the problem is i think liberals 
I don't know. But I, I think they come from a good place where they want everyone... Their heart is in the right spot. It, they really are because... But, because they want like everyone to have equal they're opportunity misinformed. they're misinformed because and i think uh, i hate to say th- I th- you can't you can't tell them you can say well listen you're misinformed because this is the actual truth oh that's fake yeah and you're like no it's not here let me show you right and you show it to them and they're like oh that's made up that's that's fake Oh, that's, uh, you know, somebody created that. I had people tell me that, you know, there was, <laughs> I, I showed somebody the video yeah. of Donald Trump shortly after the, the, uh, uh, Charles, Charles, Charleston up there with the, yeah. Uh, yeah. With the, where that guy ran over that girl and killed yeah, him yeah. and all that stuff. Terrible. The, um, what's, what, what did he say? When people are saying that there's, quote, the, uh, there's good, good people, people on both sides. sides. Yeah. Yep. And you know, they're, they're leaving out what he said before and after that. And that's huge. I know. And I, I actually, I looked it up. I found it on YouTube, found that clip of him talking. There was, there was actually two of them, his original speech. And yeah. then there was another one that they, that they, he was giving a, it was a press conference somewhere shortly after that. And a reporter had asked him something. And he's like, look, I said this before, you know. Yeah. There, I did say there are good people on both sides. But I, before that, I said, you know. KKK needs to be labeled as a freaking terrorist, terrorist organization, organization. And, yeah. and white supremacy needs to be eradicated. But that never gets any press. No, it doesn't. It never gets any press. And the, the guy said that this person that I was arguing with and I showed these videos to told me that, uh, oh, well, that's uh, that was all created in Hollywood because now they can take somebody's <laughs> face. And I, I see it now, you know, yeah. where they got this freaking app you can put on your phone. And all of a sudden you're rambling, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and that's what he was trying to claim that that's what that was. It was that wasn't him. They, they well, spliced that together. And it was like, I've had liberal liberals tell me that people who used to be liberal would watch Trump do a speech. They would watch a speech, and then they would watch coverage of the speech, and they would say, "Well, he said this and that." And they're like, "I watched the actual speech. He never said any of that." And I think that's what it comes down to: is we just want the truth. You know what I mean? Like if if. If Trump ran against somebody like Bernie Sanders, who I think was had the, the was stolen from him, the the whole uh, oh, Democratic yeah, nomination, yeah, twice. And I know people who love Bernie, and I get it. I Bernie, I don't agree with any of the socialism, but he is loved. You know what I mean? And I, I think if we if if Trump ran against Bernie, maybe it would be closer. But there's no way in my mind that people, even if they hate Trump, and I think that's the only reason Bern, or Biden got votes is because they hated Trump so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it was Bernie, like... And that's going to be... Ah, I, I was going to have this whole episode. Because I think you, Ed, got some uh, some thoughts specifically on socialism. That... <laughs> well... It's scary. The socialism to me is just scary. Well, I... You know... One of the things that... I, I think there's two things that are really important that people need to think about. And one of them is... Um, what makes up intelligence. So my philosophy is intelligence is made up of two parts. It's made up of knowledge, which we call book smarts, and it's also made up of critical thinking, which we call common sense. Mm. Okay. And the unfortunate thing is that our, our people that have a lot of power in our political system focus on the knowledge only. And what happens is by just forcing knowledge, you can force whatever knowledge you, in what way you want that knowledge to be presented, which could be a biased way. But if you teach somebody to critically think, yeah, 
then critically thinking allows you to evaluate that knowledge. Not only that, that's how knowledge is created, by critically thinking. So they're mutually exclusive. So I know, for example, one of my dearest friends, you know, he barely got through high school. He's just a brilliant critical thinker. Yeah. Guy's got this phenomenal 3D mind, you know. I know lots of students that I've been involved with that just unbelievable book smarts, but they have no capacity to think for themselves. Isn't that how it is? And so, yeah. and everybody's anywhere in between. So one of the problems we have is our education system has completely stopped teaching critical thinking. And, you know, the reason I know this is because when I, when I, um, when I got my PhD, I started this senior level course and about halfway through, I just asked the students, you know, I want to know how things are going. What do you yeah. think of the course? I mean, you're starting something new. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And this girl in the class who was just a phenomenal student in our department, she said something that really blew me away. And it wasn't the compliment that blew me away. She hmm. said, I really like this class because it's the only one that teaches me critical thinking. Nice. And I stopped and paused. And the first thing that hit me was, Holy shit, the only one. People are not teaching. <laughs> like on a college campus, think. right? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's probably not completely true. There's probably subtle ways that's being sure. done, but you know, it you know, I always make it a point because I struggled with that in the beginning and I thought, shit, I'm gonna teach people, you know, same thing I struggled with. Right. And so I think that's the first problem we have in society. So people cling on to knowledge. And they cling on to knowledge that's presented to them by political beliefs. Therefore, you don't get the complete picture. You don't see the whole thing. So you only believe what they tell you. So now you get into an argument just like Kirk was talking about. You present facts and they tell you you're wrong. Right. But they won't present any facts that counter your facts. That's what kills me. They won't present anything. That Dude, I will listen. I, I, if you know me, you know, my, big, my big thing was I used to think it should be illegal. And Kirk, by the way, is a veteran. Um, army, right? Yep. Yeah. I used to think it should be illegal to burn the flag. I no longer think that it should be illegal to burn the flag as much as I hate it. Because my, my one of my good friends, Kent, who's one of the smartest friends I got, told me that it, basically, in a, in a nutshell, it's America. You should be allowed to have that freedom. Yeah. What do you think about that, though? Is that Do you yeah, agree with that? I, or? I, I agree with it 100%. You know, even though... Don't do it around you me. Have, well, <laughs> yeah, you have the you can you have the right to burn the flag. Right, that's, that's considered free speech. Yeah, don't. I mean, I'm gonna try to take it away from you. Right, and you know, you know how how they destroy flags, right? When the they flags, do, yeah, yeah, burn you, them. You burn them. You're supposed to cut the stars out and then burn it. Okay, but yeah, it's um, I you have every right to burn the flag. That that's you. That's part part of your free speech right. If you want to burn the flag. Yeah, I, it shouldn't be illegal, no. I yeah. don't think they should outlaw it. I think that's why I want to I want to get, if we keep this thing, if you guys are cool with keeping this thing going, I want to get somebody in here. I was mentioning a couple names, somebody who's really on the left. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know if we'll use him, but there's other people out there who I know fucking hate Trump with a passion. And I want to talk to those people because I want to see if it's just the orange man bad syndrome or do they really disagree with his policies like making making hospitals compete with each other by listing their prices or by allowing the right to try with drugs, um, medical drugs, or making um, animal cruelty a felony. Do, you, do they think that's all bad? There's a lot of good shit that Trump does that his personality, I mean, people don't like it. I like it because I'm a 
I'm a can be a cocky dickhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, chances are they probably don't know about. Them. They don't. I, I I can't imagine people arguing with uh, with the policies on that. Yeah. You know, trying to pull troops out of Afghanistan. You know, hasn't started any new wars. Are you guys, you talked. Have you heard of Tim Pool, the podcaster? Um, I've heard the name. Yeah. You would you would really like his hit by his podcast because you sound. I mean, your your views are dead on. Yeah. I mean, dead on. He's See? actually got three different ones. There's Timcast, um, Timcast IRL, and then the the Tim Pool Daily Brought Daily Podcast. But he's a uh, you know he's on YouTube. I don't know how long they're going to keep him on YouTube because of this new you know YouTube has a deal now where if you yeah say anything about the election fraud you don't you think that's going to bite them in the ass in the end? Oh yeah. We don't want to be fact checked. Let us think for ourselves. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, Rumble. You Rumble's there, yeah. I'm on MeWe too. It's I am too. More like Facebook, you know. Yeah, I, I do want. I wouldn't mind getting rid of Facebook, it, even if I agreed with everything they said. I don't want their little asterisks and their little bullshit. Every time you talk about anything, yeah. this you have to click that off there because it says, "Well, this is according to the blah blah blah." The fact checkers. The yeah. fact checkers, and thank God Candace Owens is suing them and winning. Mm-hmm. You know who are these fact checkers? And that's where I get to the scientific part, where I'm like. Uh, Okay, is this a fact or is this not a fact? Because like I said, I'm very concrete on that, you know? So listen, I'm going to probably wrap this up. I'm going to check the time real quick. We're only 33 minutes in. That's not bad. But I, if you guys are cool with it, this is going to be um, what I'm going to do. I've, I'm very in the moment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send this to you. You can put it out on uh, on your different Facebook pages and stuff. If um, Basically, I'm letting everyone know the game plan. If it If these guys like what we're doing... I like the idea, kind of like the Joe Rogan thing where you were going to pull up. We may set up some video and do this if you guys are cool with the weekly thing. We'll talk about it afterwards. But uh, any parting words? Like I said, my thing, my if I had one message to Americans right now is socialism is, and there's no time limit on this, socialism is the devil. You have to vote your way in, but you have to shoot your way out is the quote I like. And you've never heard of a person having to escape from a capitalist country. You have to escape from a socialist country. We'll start with you because you, because you're a veteran. Well, you know, I, I agree with that 100%. And one thing I can say is that I've been to a socialist country. Okay. I've been to socialist. I, I lived in Germany for, for almost six years. Yeah. You How know, was the healthcare? Lived, How was the healthcare? What was that like? Well, I, you were on the base, I suppose. Yeah, I was on, I was on post. So. Okay. But I lived there prior to the unification and I lived there after the unification. And I can tell you right now, prior to unification... We're talking the East-West Berlin Wall yeah, and all yeah. that? Okay. I lived there when Berlin Wall was still up. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent time on the border. Uh, you know, we would get, um, they call it Lariat Advance, or, you know, go on alert. And okay. And they knock on your door or call you at 2 o'clock in the morning, hey, get in, it's time to go. So oh. we'd have to go in there, we'd get in our, you know, as a tank mechanic, I'd get into my 88, it's like a big tow truck for a tank. <laughs> And we'd get in it, and we'd drive to the border, and we'd sit all, sit along the border, and I'd peek my head out, look through my binoculars, and I could see the East Germans yeah. guards on the other side. Doing looking the same at you, thing, probably. Looking at me. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, prior to reunification, it was great. I loved it, and that's why I wanted to go back. When I went back, it was more like a socialist country. Then I, I mean, they they claim it's democratic social, whatever they want to call it. The yeah, Europeans yeah. Call it, but it's uh, you know, for here's a, here's a perfect example. You know, they have mandatory recycling. Mm. 
So you have to separate your plastic bottles and any plastics and all that. Now, if you get caught with, let's say for some reason, my, you know, at the time he was eight years old, my eight year old threw this plastic bottle in the garbage can. Yeah. And I put the garbage out and the guy came and took it. That little spy that works for the freaking for the government run garbage company happens to see this plastic bottle he has he's obligated to report me and it's a 400 euro fine which is like 550 bucks dude depending on and and it's because my kid accidentally threw threw a plastic bottle here's another thing eight o'clock at night the fucking stores they you might as well roll up the sidewalks everything shuts down eight o'clock it's done there's you get you got one government-run gas station that you can go to to freaking get gas or you know buy a carton of milk that yeah. costs freaking you know fourteen dollars because of the taxes are so high, exactly. right? They, yeah, then they've got the it's called it used to be called Mervistoya, now it's called a, a value or a value-added tax. Yeah. So everything from a pack of gum to a Learjet is taxed at twenty percent. Oh wow. Oh wow. It's nineteen point something percent, but yeah, you know that that that's what you got to look forward to. The high taxes and how much was gas over there at that time? Uh, well, it was like uh, well they sell it in liters. Yeah. So it was like, uh, uh, and it's in euros too. So you're looking at probably two dollars. <laughs> that would two two dollars a liter, which okay. is three point eight liters is in a gallon. So, so and that was back when that was that back was, in the eighties. Well, well, back then, back then, gas was fairly, you know, and it was a different money situation. They, they had Deutschmarks back yeah. in the eighties. Um, I don't, I can't remember that far back. You know, I just wondered what gas were. is over there, and I was it like would be well the now. Villains? That's now it's in euros, and the euro is like uh, I, I don't know what the exact ex- exchange rate is right now. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it's like a buck forty ish, a buck thirty is one euro okay so and uh you know uh, one liter of gas is like 185 they call it cents so it's one euro 85 cents yeah so you know you do the math there times 3.8 that's what a gallon of gas <laughs> that's is why you're bucks. here Ed. i can't be doing the math <laughs> i just i wonder and this is where i don't know i have to be i'm like joe rogan in that sense he will have big strong opinions on shit and just not even know anything about it. And there's actually a psychological principle to that that escapes me right now, where the less you know about something, it's kind of like the stronger your opinion is on it. And I don't want to be that guy, which is why, like I said, I want to have someone like you here, um, and you too, because you and I probably just, no one agrees 100% on anything, but to get, I want to get, if possible, get guests in that, so we really can understand the, the other side, in my mind, of, um, like I said, the, the never-Trumpers or anything like that, but... Uh, I just, what are your last parts on socialism? Would you warn people against it? Or are you, I'll put it this way. Are you afraid of America eventually turning to socialism? We are. You think we are no matter what? This, this is the point of no return this election. Come if, on, don't fear monger. No, I'm not fear mongering. If, <laughs> if, if the, if the, the progressives, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but. If they control the Congress, then, the, yeah. then we're done. The United States of America, the Constitution's done. See, I felt the same way with Obama, so, though. Let, let, here's the problem, though. One of the problems that people have, and this is very, very important, that I hope people really take note of this. Yeah. 
Do not listen to what people tell you. Watch their actions. This is something that people should do in all facets of right. life. Because people are going to tell you what you want to hear, and they turn around and do the complete opposite. Yeah. Okay? So let's just... One of the things I think is other that's important is people need to look at the big picture. So there's an old saying, you know, people can't see the forest through the trees. And the analogy there is if, you're, if you've ever been lost in the woods, every tree looks the same. So the details confuse you. Right. But if you were able to pull yourself up above the details, hover above the forest, you could yeah. easily see where the exit is and you'd have no problem figuring out how to solve the problem, right? Yeah. So what we've, we've done is we've created a society now where people just keep throwing details at everybody and confusing everybody and nobody looks at the big picture anymore. Hmm. So let's take a look at the big picture. The United States, when we started out, we were a colony. We were not a rich country, although we, d- we did well, but we were a very small country. Yeah. Okay. And this experiment called the Constitution was actually a brilliant piece of documentation and unfortunately people do not understand how brilliant it was because what our founders did is they looked in history of mankind and every time you have control of the people by any means that allows certain individuals to control the masses we have a problem it's the arrogance of man the man lets power gets to his head you know just I don't know what you want to call it, but people just don't seem to do the right thing. Hmm. Okay? So, just looking at at our founding fathers, what they seen was, by creating a centralized system, then it eats itself. Rome died because Rome became a centralized system, and they started, the politicians started promising free things to their constituents. Uh, that's the scary part right there. Nothing's and, free. and you can see that happen. That's why I'm saying it's things are... We're getting close to the point of no return here in our country if we don't don't understand what's happening. So this, um, you know, this Constitution was brought up on the idea of individual liberty, the idea that we need to let people uh, let people be who they want to be, and by doing that, our founding fathers didn't realize that they would unharness the unbelievable power of people to create things when they're left unimpeded, right. that are unbelievable in society. So what happened was when this country started by 18, 1820, we had the highest gross national product in the world per capita. Hmm. No government involvement at all. By 1880, we became the richest country in the world with hardly no government involvement at all. Well, let me just make a comment about two things that the government was involved with, and that's it. One, 1825, they built a highway across the country, which when I read about it, it was nothing special, but it it was a highway. And that's what government's for. Government's for doing things that are for the common good of the people. Now, people will say, though, well, how are you you liking those socialist snowplows and just, stuff. Just, I'll get to that. Okay. Let me get to that in a minute. This is gonna, this might take a little bit. I hope you're okay with No, I, dude, yeah, there's, yeah, go ahead. So, so, um, uh, now you made me forget where I was. I'm sorry. They're talking about the, uh, the middle of the road. Oh, the, the highway. Okay, so, yeah. and then we had the, uh, Transcontinental Railroad. Okay, the Transcontinental Railroad, the government gave these companies money per, per track mile, 
And so these two companies came from both ends of the continent and they came together. And the first, the, the first thing that happened is they had to go back and repair the whole damn thing because quality control was, was horrible. Hmm. And if you think about it, the, these people got very rich from the government giving them money. At the same time, there was a great northern railroad going through the northern part of the United States and partly through Canada. It yeah. was all privately funded. When it was done, the rail was impeccable. They didn't have to finish anything. Love it. Now, here's the, here's the best part of it. That company is still in existence today. Those two companies that did the Transcontinental Railroad, they're gone. They went belly up. Yeah. These people fleeced the American public by doing this. Now, you can argue that it was a good thing, and that's what government does. Government is supposed to try and help the people, and you know, you can argue that maybe this was a good thing. But it was a very minimal, still no involvement in our economy, yeah. and the United States became the greatest power the world has ever seen. Okay? Now, if you think about it, 60% of our population are in the 1% wealth of the world. of the United States population. It's amazing what this constitution... Did you know that? Because I didn't know that. What this has done for the people, because (laughs) what it's done is it's unleashed the ability of people to be who they are. That's what America is. And be creative. So all of the wonderful technologies that have been developed in humanity, a vast majority of them have been developed in the United States because of the freedom the people have had. And what's happened is now people have been propagandized against this idea of this freedom. And they're not looking at the big picture. We know capitalism has brought more people out of poverty than any other system hands down in the history of the world. Yet people still gravitate towards having somebody control them and tell them what to do. It boggles your mind. Now here it gets better. So... And the important thing to remember is, like I said, in the political spectrum, I'm going to talk about three components of the political spectrum, maybe four. So there's the left and the right, and you can talk about the independents. And then there's this group called progressives. I want to talk about this group because, in my humble opinion, this is the most damaging political party in the history of the United States of America. They established themselves under the guise of progress. We have to progress the Constitution And their progress involves them controlling people. Mm -hmm. Everything they want to do is more control by these people that think they know what they're doing. Okay? So, let's just look at the big picture of what these progressives has done because people need to understand this. They came into power with Woodrow Wilson in uh, uh, 1914 era, somewhere around that. I don't know exact dates. And these progressives did two things in the government. They controlled the government. They started the progressive income tax. First of all, they promised the congressmen who were, particularly the Republicans who were against it, that it would never go above 7%. They also started the Federal Reserve. Okay? And then this other fascinating fact, just to tell you how one of the other problems we have in this society today is science has been bastardized by politics. So politics uses science as a weapon against other people now. Mm. And this began, this is going to blow your mind, this began with the progressives in, the, in this era. Let me just give you an example. They just started creating IQ tests at that time. And they were administering IQ tests. And they were seeing that people from like Jews and people from foreign countries yeah. and blacks were doing very poorly. So the progressives felt that because of the science that 
there was a uh, genetic component to the intelligence of the races. So they're the ones that started a lot of this crap with races, okay? They took this science and they were in favor of eugenics, which is killing people that are not of the race that you prefer to expand, okay? Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood. Exactly. So um, uh, seven years later, Bingham, one of the guys that was involved with this IQ test, he realized the fundamental problem with all their results was these people couldn't read they were administering the test to. When they re-administered the test, they found that there wasn't as big of a problem as they thought. Hmm. So these people ran with the science and bastardized it. And science is something that always is evolving. There's never... I tell my students when I teach them, I I said, college should teach you how much we don't know. And what I mean by that, it should create more questions in your mind than it answers. Right. Right? So... When they started this progressive income tax, by 1919, the top rate was 71%. The national debt exploded. Now, we did have World War I, and we did have the 1918 pandemic. You can, but still, you can see it rise before the war, and then it shot up. Yeah. Okay? 1920, we had a depression. A depression is a well-defined economic collapse of our system, right? What happened is Harding got in, and he died not too long after that, and Coolidge... They were Republicans, but they were laissez-faire Republicans, which means that they didn't like the government involved in things. Mm -hmm. So he panicked because of the the Depression. He said, we got to cut spending because the spending increased so much because they created the income tax. Now, let me just make a comment about the income tax. I want people to think about this. This is the most idiotic thing that I can... I, (laughs) I can... I can't believe that this was actually instituted. Yeah. What they're doing is penalizing people for making money. So, for example, how many common Americans work overtime and bitch about how much the government pulls out of their check? All the time. Because they can't get ahead. And wasn't income tax supposed to be a, a temporary thing, or was that something else? No. I mean, okay. I don't know if it was at the time. They, they made it put it in the Constitution, yeah. so I don't think it was temporary. Okay. So, everyone, but, yeah, but yeah, you but work it's, overtime. It's, it's mind-blowing. And, and people want to understand why there's a saving problem now, because you're, you're taking people's income away. Right. Why do that? Why not have no income tax? And why not just make it all a consumption tax? And then that would, people would have more money to dispose of. Okay? That's interesting. But yeah. let's just forget that for now. Let's just talk about what's happened with this whole thing. So okay. this is very interesting. So Coolidge, he cut the government spending by 50%. We had what was called the Roaring Twenties. Mm. I read one research paper that said unskilled labor wages went up 25% during the 1920s. Oh, wow. The top tax rate was 71% in 1920. And the people making over $100,000 a year paid 30% of the income tax. By 1930, the top rate was down to like 35% or something like that. It was cut in half. People making over $100,000 paid 68% of the income tax. Mm. Okay? So, what happened? Well, you increased the number of people that made $100,000 per year. Okay? Now, we had the, we had the Depression in 1929. Or the, not the Depression... We had the stock market collapse. Right. The stock market collapsed. At the time, most of the people invested in the stock market were very wealthy. Unemployment climbed to nine, a little over 9%, and in 
And then it started dropping, and it was at 6% when um, Herbert Hoover took over before Roosevelt, and he was a progressive too. You can have progressives in both parties. It doesn't matter what. They're kind of a parasitic group. They, don't, yeah. they can't be by themselves because nobody would support them, so they got to latch on. So uh, unemployment was going down. It was 6%. Then they started the tariffs, and then when Roosevelt got in, the Federal Reserve, I don't know if it was Roosevelt or not, but the Federal Reserve, in their infinite wisdom, decided to restrict money supply. So the unemployment's already getting better. And the Federal <laughs> Reserve steps in and says, we know best, we're gonna, we're gonna fix the economy. So if you read your history books or people that were my age, at least I remember when I was in high school, they explicitly said the reason for the depression was the run on the bank. So people went to get their money, money supply was limited, they couldn't pull all their money out, all their friends heard about it. Everybody rushed to the banks. The yeah. banks collapsed. Okay. Milton Friedman wrote a hundred-page paper. You can freely find this on the on the internet. And I, one of the things I highly encourage is everybody does some research of their own. Yep. I don't care if you believe me or not, but do at least do some research to see whether or not I'm correct or not. Right. Because the only way we're going to fix this problem is if people learn for themselves what the problem is, and that's the only way it's ever going to get fixed. So now, what's really interesting is, now we started the Depression, right? Yeah. This was a government decision based on a government entity created by the progressives, okay? Now Roosevelt gets in. He's a big progressive. He spends money, like, left and right, like you wouldn't believe. Unemployment stayed over 10% during his whole tenure. Oh, my God. Did it really? Yes. Because he was the only president that they, wasn't he the one that they shut down? He, he ran for three terms, and they finally said that's yes. two-term president? Yep. I heard he was unliked by people. Well... Or I don't know much about... Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people consider him one of the greatest presidents in the world, as far as I'm concerned. he He's one of the worst presidents ever. You're telling me that his... Except, yeah. I will give him this, he did a great job in World II because we won. World, World so, War II? Okay. Yep, so you got to give him props for that. Did you say, that. though, that unemployment during his tenure was... Like 9%, 10% the whole time? It was over 10% that, the whole time. I never knew that. Now, it was up to 20% at one time. Shut your face hole. Yes. That's crazy. Now, wait. In 1939, his best friend and Treasury Secretary went in front of Congress and said, we've spent more money than we could imagine. Unemployment is still above 10%. <laughs> so when I say people need to watch the actions, so the first thing we can tell is that the government caused the depression and government prolonged the suffering of the people. Yet people celebrate him as a great president, and I don't understand where that's coming from. Now, because of the, uh, the, well, it's politics. Yeah. It's all politics. People don't want to look at things for what they are and evaluate the data for what it says, okay? So now, after this, we had a, we had a lull in the progressives. There wasn't much progressive involvement. It, it lowered down. And we had actually quite a bit of substantial growth in the economy. You can see the, if you look at the chart, look at a chart of the debt per GDP, okay? You'll see it bounce up with the progressives, and then it bounces up with the progressives again in, in Roosevelt in, in the Depression. Then it starts dropping, 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 dropping. So Isn't that a good thing, though? Because we're talking gross domestic product, which means we're putting... What does that mean? We're putting, we're taking, that's not import what, So the gross, the, 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 that's just the amount of money, wealth that we create, okay. generate, and then the percentage is how much of debt of that is, how much of that money we make is debt. But aren't you saying, you said it went up, isn't that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a bad thing. It means oh. the debt's gone I was like, well, higher. he kicked ass then. What's your problem? No, the debt's gone higher. What I'm saying is the, the debt to GDP went down 
from the from the forties to the sixties, and and actually we created a super healthy mid, middle class. We had an unbelievable middle class at yeah. the time. Detroit in 1960 was the manufacturing capital of the world. Rich, one of the richest in the late 50s. It was the richest city in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard that. Yeah. So then all comes along, um, LBJ, President LBJ. He was a big progressive, and they started the War on Poverty and the Great Society. Okay, when he took office, the debt was 300 billion a year, which was three times what the budget was. Mm. Okay. So they started this this war on society. Now you have to look at what was the result of this, okay? So what happened was single motherhood rate in the black community went from 20 to over 70%. I think overall it went from 20 from 8%, you know, if you averaged all races, you know, all women, it went from 8 to almost 40%. And so, that's because they incentivized the father being out of the house. Well, see, right? this is this is the problem. People don't want to look at that. People can't understand, well, what happened to the family? Well, what happened was we had a massive welfare program yeah. that gave incentive to people that had more kids and didn't have a father. And that's still going on, isn't it? Well, they, they've kind of altered things, but yes, yeah. it's, it's a lot different. It's not, you know, there was a period when anybody could get welfare, and then they changed some of that. So... The, the, the important thing is don't don't get stuck in the details. You just need to look at the big picture of what happened, okay? Right. So we had this massive increase in single motherhood rate. 75% of all prisoners come from single-parent homes. Yeah. Okay? Now, what happened from the 60s till now? We lost the middle class. Why? Because you can see our debts, our debt has skyrocketed. They've, they went from $300 billion debt to almost 27 trillion now. But I heard Trump actually increased the debt too. Like the is that true? So look, both par- look, look, the problem we have in our society is both parties, the whole political system is killing our country. Yeah. Both parties are killing the country. Okay? The 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 conservatives say we're financially conservative. But when they and during George Bush's time, they had complete control of the house and and the presidency. Yeah. The debt went up. It's always going up. That's my point. It well, my like point it, is they... Is that even a real number anymore? It didn't always go up. And who it, do we owe this money to? And wait fuck a minute. Up. In the 90s, it Just went kidding. down. Yeah. Did it? Yes. Yeah. Because what happened was is you had you had a Democratic president and a completely Republican Congress, and they worked together, and they created... They they actually they balanced, the balanced the budget, which was amazing. When did they... Under Clinton or what? Yeah. Just for a short period of time. Well, yeah. that makes me feel good that the Democrats and Republicans can work together. Well, they, they can, but the problem <laughs> is we've created a political system, and that system, these people only care about getting reelected. So they tell the people whatever they want to hear so they can get reelected. Yeah. And then they're, they're next, as soon as they're elected, they work on getting elected again. Right. So 